Welcome back to another episode of the Swing Hard Podcast. I hope you're enjoying these podcasts. I'm having a ton of fun talking to our team. We're going to start diving into a lot of different things throughout the winter here. A few episodes ago, I talked to one of my VPs, Gore Courage, about winter preparation in golf business in general. But today, I'm here with Cody Little, golf course superintendent at Springbank Links. Cody, thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So, Cody... I think it's going to be interesting for people to get a little bit more in-depth understanding of really what happens out on the golf course and getting the course prepared for the winter. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can start with just telling us a little bit about yourself to start, your background, sure. how you got into golf and, and turf care in general. So I'm a fifth generation farmer from Manitoba. And so it's farming and agriculture have been in my blood and it's kind of been for no, a long time. no choice from the start. Yeah. <laughs> but... <laughs> I mean, I did explore other uh, industries, but I ultimately came back to this just because agronomics are amazing to me and I love people. And as much as it is growing a golf course, you're growing people. And so this is where I'm really trying to blend the two and make the most out of it. So I started on golf courses back in the early 2000s through high school and university and then took a break and then went back and uh, finished my degree. And now I'm uh, operating Springbank Links. So, so tell exciting. us, tell for, for those people that aren't familiar with what it takes to become a golf course superintendent, yep. what is the education, the technical requirements that's needed for that? Yeah. So it's a, it's a four year bachelor of applied science degree. Yep. Um, that's, you don't have to go through that. You can just do the diploma right. and kind of make your way through the program like that. But I wanted more of the at the end of it, I found it was really, you really dive in onto numbers. And the you foundational dive, elements of. Exactly. Right. You, you really get into the people and, and and it's, as, as one of the great uh, turf managers said, it's like you grow the people and the grass will take care of itself. Right. And so that's what they focus on. They focus on making you a better manager and understanding where problems happen and where successes will happen. So it's interesting. It was really See, exciting. I'm learning something new today too. Yeah. And it's, so they, they throw a lot of real world problems at you and that's how they train you. So right. it's, it's a really good experience. Yeah. Great mm-hmm. to hear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, we'll just dive right into it winter prep. I mean, obviously people are really familiar with what happens during the golf season sure. because they see you out there. They see your team out there. They know that we're, you know, growing grass, you know, cutting grass on the most basic level, Mm -hmm. you know, changing tees and pins and Mm -hmm. all those Mm -hmm. things, but winter's coming and, and let's take us back a few months to October. Sure. What are some of those early preparation things that you do? And, and maybe some of the, you can tell us some of the thought processes you have even while we're still golfing and give us a little bit of uh, understanding of what that entails. It, I, I really start now. I start preparing for next winter while I'm in the middle of this winter because okay. it's, that's how I'm designing my cultural programming. Wait a minute. I didn't think you guys worked in and the winter. It's, <laughs> it's, it's from, we go from 12 hours a day to 10. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, I, I know that. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so I start planning my agronomic applications and then the timing is super important because I work from the end and I work from the most important times throughout the season. And then that helps me develop from the start. So okay. I, can, I have goals. And then from that point, it's, I make sure we're well fertilized. We have everything we need. And then yeah. I start planning for, uh, airifications and then making sure the grass has enough to breathe. Um, it's, so we get into a tarping program yeah. and it's, I, I need to make sure I have enough tarps, make sure I have the right products to, uh, put down. Right. And then that way it, I can control the little micro spaces under the tarp. So it's, so um, I just want to divert for a second yeah, because yeah. I think this is really important. Sure. And you mentioned on airification for a yeah. minute. I mean, all golfers know that it has to happen. They, yeah. they know that it's necessary, right? but I'm not so sure people really understand the agronomic components why? to airification, sure. why you do it. Yeah. Maybe just divert briefly and tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about 
why we have to airify. Sure. So we're breaking down compaction essentially. And uh, what that does is it allows a better respiration for the roots right. and allows roots to grow in a sense. So it's, they want to be where the oxygen is. Cause it's as much as plants need CO2, they need O2 as well. Right. And uh, when we airify that opens up these little pores in the holes and then that helps the exchange. It's, and I just really, we're just trying to feed the whole plant instead of just having uh, feeding the foliar. Uh, so to speak. So yeah. that, that means leaves. Um, right. But yeah, so we airify uh, throughout the year. We usually have target dates that we try and hit, but then sometimes we notice more compaction in certain areas and we just have to aerate that again. So there's there's solid tines. Which, right. I was just going to say there's yeah, different types of aeration right. too, so right? We just, there's, we poke mini holes sometimes if we want to be quick, right. get in there and it's I less find, impact. That's right. You can, and then we roll and then you're golfing that same day. Right. It's, I'm, I essentially do it before the golfers that day. Yeah. And then other, other acts will be if you have like, if you have thatch problems and there's organic matter that you're trying to deal with or right. super heavy compaction from the wrong soils. Um, that's when we do uh, coring, which will pull out pieces of the turf yep. and then we'll, you either leave them, you let it regrow or you can fill it with sand and, um, that just helps prepare it for a healthier plant. Right. Yeah. Okay, so th no, I, I appreciate that. I think it's important. I think yeah, airification sure. is needed, and mm -hmm. you know, there's lots of different schools of thoughts on mm -hmm. you know how often, and you know, different things. And a lot of it depends on your specific property too, right? Without question, the types of soils, types oh, of yeah, needs. On time. yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so you're planning now for yep. next winter preparation already. Yep. Um, let's let's move us forward a little bit to you know, August, September, or, okay. or you tell us when the actual preparation happens for yeah. next winter sure. uh, and what that would look like. Yeah. Okay. So it's a, yeah, say we're in the middle of the season. I'm going to start, we start changing the agronomic input a little bit, meaning the fertilizer. So I start going from like high nitrogen inputs to, uh, trying to control potassium inputs. So, which is going to help once we start putting more potassium in, that helps right. the plants have more cold hardiness. Let, let's talk and a little bit about that so we don't yeah. gloss over nitrogen and potassium. Sure, yeah. I've got a very uh, novice understanding of, mm -hmm. of what that is in the fertilizers, but maybe you can explain that a little bit more too, yeah. the differences between the different uh, components of fertilizer. Sure, yeah. So nitrogen, uh, that's really going to be focusing on growth of the cells. Right. And so that's putting energy into the plant, trying to get more. Makes it plant. green. Sure, yeah. So the green, that's another thing, comes from like the chloroplasts that'll okay. be inside the plant cell. Right. Which is the reason it's green is it collects sunlight and then that's how it absorbs and it creates sugars from there okay. and oxygen. That's a different right. <laughs> wormhole that we can go down. But yeah, so nitrogen is going to be feeding the the growth within the plant. Yeah. Uh, the potassium is going to help the roots okay. and uh, the phosphorus. Yeah. Just general maintenance of the cells, making sure that it can grow vigorously and strong. And those are the three main components of all fertilizers, correct? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So those are like, the, there is more macronutrients. There's okay. over 10 of them, but then there's a whole long list of micronutrients that right. we try. It's, it's ever changing. We're always finding what makes plants a little better, just like ourselves. If we feel better from eating a different vegetable, maybe we're just trying to figure, we're still right. figuring out grass. And what is the technology like on fertilizers? Like, you know, every year in the golf industry, we yep. have these new drivers, right? Sure. Like every single year, it's the newest and greatest best. That's right. Yeah. You Does bet. it really evolve that much from? Sometimes, yeah. It's It goes into the science of if you're using like a granular fertilizer compared right. to liquid fertilizer. So they put science into the decomposition of the granular pellets. Okay. Meaning it's going to come break down at different times, different periods, and where's the foliars? It, it's instant. 
it's as soon as it hits the plant, it's going to be absorbing it, taking it in. Within the day, you can sometimes see the complete really? difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so the science they're putting into is just having longer-lasting foliar applications, right. uh, shorter breakdown periods on pellets, for example. But yeah. And then it's that's where they're focusing their energy, just to, to give the plant a better opportunity to absorb those nutrients right. and minerals. Right. Yeah. Good to hear. Okay, so um, back to the winter prep. Yep. Obviously, the aeration is an important component yep. of that. Your, you know, what you're using for fertilizer programs, important right. component to that. Yep. What does the actual preparation look like? What What are you doing, and when are you doing it? Yep. As you prepare for winter. Sure. So it's as we're preparing for winter, and like I said, I'm getting the last applications of energy onto the onto the plant, and uh, making sure we have all the supplies, and then. At that point, we're even shutting off irrigation, making sure that's all ready to be blown out and then that there's no water going out of the course. But then right. from there, I'm still putting applications on the greens, trying to feed them up, and yeah. then that's just energy. And now I'm starting to think about my fungicide applications from there, which is we have to prevent against any diseases from getting worse, spreading on the greens. Right. And then that's where I time my fungicide application. So for, for those yeah. of us that maybe not know a lot yep. about fungicide, sure. tell us some different types of fungicide a golf course in the winter might experience that you're trying to protect against. Uh, the diseases like, yep. Yep. Uh, yep. So there's snow molds out there. Yep. There's pink and gray. Um, one grows under snow and okay. the other does not grow under yep. snow. And so it's just full exposure. And then just a long list of other ones that are going to be present in the soil that come out with certain temperatures in the spring and things like so that. Are so are those snow molds, for example, because those are the ones that are, you hear about a lot around right. here, yep. right? We hear about it every winter yep. where we worried about snow mold. Yep. Is that something you're monitoring throughout the course of the winter? It's Well, you can't really fight it throughout the winter. That's what we have to prevent. So when okay. I do the fungicide apple, right. that's a great question. I put the fungicide down because I know they're coming. Okay. And it's just making sure we have, it's... The way one of my teachers put it is uh, you have your penalty killers out there. You want to make sure you have your best line. Right. Even though you're down a player. Right. You have to make sure you're fighting. Yeah. And so it's, we're coating these plants with these fungicides. It's, it's as simple as coating a cell and not letting a disease spread further. Now, I know that we do worry about ice damage. Yeah. And we are at times of the year, specific times of the year, we'll actually get out there and get rid of ice, especially sure. on our greens. Yeah. What is that protecting against? Uh, anoxia is okay. one of the main ones. So okay. we're really... So not a not a disease per se? Uh, not per se, but it, it promotes more diseases. Okay, okay. Death, okay. Type of deal like this. It's just a never-ending cycle right. sometimes. So yeah, um, we're trying to prevent ice because uh, there's a passive layer of uh, respiration going on underneath the tarps. And so okay. like an air exchange, so to speak. So right. if we can't get that air exchange happening, gases start building up from the microbial activity that's yep. in the grass, but then also the plant's still working. The, the plant is still alive. So it's expiring right. or exhaling uh, uh, CO2s and it, it starts choking itself out. So without- So suffocates it for lack right. of- a, Right, exactly. Okay. That's, that's what anoxia is. It essentially suffocates itself. And right. so we need to make sure that that layer is always breathing. Right. And although you might not see it, it's hard to measure, but it's happening. And so there's a limit between- uh, within your types of grasses that, that have resistance to ice. And so that's what we're trying to manage. Interesting. You bet. Yeah. Okay. So we um, go into the year, we'll be doing some aeration cycles. Mm -hmm. um, you're preparing with, you know, uh, fertilizers and fungicides. Right. Uh, and then you mentioned 
blowing out irrigation and tarping. Yep. Go ta tell That's us a little right. bit more about bl the blowout process okay. and the tarping process. Okay. So our irrigation system, we're set up with miles and miles of pipeline. Right. That we're uh, maybe we're, hundreds of miles. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some courses, it's it, yeah. it's never ending. But we're yeah. So we need to evacuate those pipes in order to right. prevent them from bursting. Because uh, to prevent any sort of thing like that in Canada, you need to be ten feet deep. Yeah. And then that's not ideal for any irrigation system. Not at all. Um, because if you got a break down there, now you got you got to dig it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it's not exciting, uh, mind you. It happens. Um, so yeah, once we evacuate the system, then I know that the it's safe. We're protecting right. that asset. And when does that typically happen? Like That's, time of the year, yeah, just roughly. October fourteenth is ish mid October. Yeah, you bet. And then even this year, I feel with it's hard to read the temperature, right? right. So I feel I blew out too soon. Yeah. And so I could have been another month and fed it, but we were lucky enough to have that massive rainfall right. that came right through. And we had some warm weather late in the year, right? So, I know. It yeah. extended our season, but yeah. it's it raised my concern because right. it didn't have any more irrigation. So we were tank watering, trying to catch up certain zones just to make sure they were staying alive, and especially with uh, the renovation. We but I'm not right, sure so. a lot of people realize how you can get caught with that. You, you yeah. can do it too early, but you can do it too late. And an That's example, right. I can tell you, you know, one of our other courses at Mickelson National not this last year, but the year before that, mm -hmm. it was too late. Yeah. And we had ice build up in those pipes and right. the blowout couldn't happen yeah. properly. And we had a bunch of irrigation breaks. So, sure. you know, you think maybe a week or two doesn't make a difference, but it actually it can make a difference. All the difference, yeah. And that time of the year. And sometimes you don't even see the problem until spring. Most right? of the time probably, yeah, right? exactly. So right. It's, if you can see if heads aren't popping up and you're trying to blow them out. Sure. But the, the pipelines are all joined in a, in a schematic where you could probably hit that head from a different direction, right. but you're not going to know. So it's, um, you just need to understand yeah. <laughs> that there could be problems. There. So definitely we got to blow the irrigation out. Yep. And blow the irrigation you out. do that out. Do you do that before t tarping? Absolutely. Right. Yep. You bet. So we get it out. I, w I want full majority of my staff still there. And it's, um, I, sh I shouldn't say majority. I want my key staff still there. Right. And then that way we can really control it. And it then opens up our course to work for more, winter and fall preparations. Right. Now is tarping um, dependent on, on weather or time of the year as well? Yep. Okay. Yep. You bet. So I want the temperatures a little lower. I, we can tarp with plus temperatures. It is going to maintain a better environment for the green, but we can't yeah. have too high of temperature because then, then it starts working against us. Now right. we need oxygen or now we need more water and all that. Things, right. And we don't have that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we just make sure we're ahead of it. And um, even with that point, once I, when I know irrigation's being cut, I'm raising my height of cut on the grass well before then, just to make sure there's a more resistance against. Promotes anything. a healthier yeah, turf you bet. going yeah. into the winter. Yeah, longer leaves, longer roots, things like that. So right. it's, and then with the greens, for example, I'll cut them super short in the summer and then I'm going to have them, we'll call it super long going right. into the winter. But right pretty hard to notice to the human eye. Right. Yeah. Cause you can roll the greens to. Yeah. We keep rolling and then yeah. I'll leave, I'll, I'll go uh, a week or two maybe without cutting near the end. Right. And then, but if we do cut, it's just to kind of clean up the tips and stuff like that. And and then we do do a final cut at our higher height before we're doing our fungicide apps okay. and all that, just to ensure it's a nice clean contact on everything. Right. And so is, is uh, putting tarps down the greens, is that kind of the last part of the preparation? Yeah, you bet. Okay. So it's, so we'll do, the way it works is I'll do an aeration yep. and then I'll put down my fungicide then I let that dry yep. and then I'll throw sand on I'll, okay. uh, just to give it that like little Like a top bit dress? Of, yeah, exactly, yep. but I'll do it heavy. Okay. And so I'll put down an entire hopper on one green for right. our applicator, which would normally last four to five greens. 
And so I'm really loading it up, making it even. And then at that point, I'm taking a bubble wrap material, right. which is going to, I put the bubbles down. It's like an, a commercial grade plastic yep. bubble. Really right. fun to pop, <laughs> uh, but don't pop them. <laughs> um, Got to keep the deer off those greens. <laughs> that's right. And so that just kind of enab- make, make sure the airflow is going to be happening. And right. On top of that bubble wrap, I put down like a permeable tarp. And then on top of that permeable tarp, I'll put down a solid tarp. And so this is what happens in the highest exposure greens. Like if there's lots of desiccation, exactly threats of wind, threats of no snow, even, but that comes from the wind, I guess it's, I've, we've got greens that are bare right now just because of the wind. And, uh, and then other greens that don't need that sort of attention. I just put one permeable tarp on, which is going to let an air exchange happen but then also keeps a little higher temperature on the greens. Doesn't right. let it fluctuate as much. Yeah. It's kind of what the idea is. Gives it a is. boost in the spring. Sure. Yeah. It yeah. warms it up and uh, the grass seems to like it. So right. we keep doing it. Okay. So <laughs> this is, you know, good insight. And, you know, I'm, I'm learning stuff today too, which is great. Um, you've got the course put to bed, which mm-hmm. is quote unquote what a lot of people in the industry say. Mm-hmm. Tell us what the rest of the winter looks like for you. We got a little bit of insight how you talked about planning. Yeah. But what other things are you doing through the winter? Um, that keep you busy. Sure. So for example, I'm doing maintenance on about 15 of our benches that we have on the course. So those all had to come be brought in. They're just from the elements. They're just kind of deteriorating. So that's going to take a whole lot of time to do a bunch of fixing them up and woodworking that I got to pull out of my, uh, my hat. (laughs) And then, uh, so that's no problem. But then, uh, the number one thing on a superintendent's job description should be Jack of all trades. That's it. Exactly. (laughs) It's a little bit of mechanic, a little bit of fixing, (laughs) <laughs> and if you don't have that trade, you better know someone that does. Right. And it's, or you're just stuck. You're, you're down, you're behind a day. Yeah. And, uh, so I'll be doing, yeah, a little bit of woodworking. We do a lot of snow removal for our parking lots yep. and we have a winter club also at our course. So we right. have ice rinks. Preparing for that. And yeah. Cross country ski trails. Right. I'm always just trying to make sure the course is able for people to be, uh, uh to, to, to play on it still. Right. Yeah, but not right. golf, but, um, and then there's a bunch of, I make sure our maintenance is on schedule, that we're, our equipment's going to be ready for next year. Yeah. So that's where my mechanic comes in. I need to make sure that he tells me what uh, what state our equipment's at. Right. Which normally it's pretty good. I don't really have any surprises, but yep. I just want to make sure I'm ahead of, the, ahead of the curve. Gives them a chance to go through that's right. everything thoroughly, though. Yeah, you bet. Right. Yeah. And then... Uh, the, uh, right now is when we're starting to go through a bunch of Canada summer jobs for our students. Right. And so we're more planning, more planning. So I'm applying. I'm already planning for 15 to 20 students that I'm going to try and ask for grants just right. to help keep these kids employed. And yeah. then, so the, the government of Canada loves to see that sort of stuff. So right. and I do too. I think it's, it's a good initiative. Um, and then obviously our vertical farm that we have at the golf course. So we're maintaining, uh, just right. under 4,000 plants at a yeah. time. And, uh, that comes with its challenges and it also comes with uh, successes. So we're going to have a whole podcast about vertical farming. At some point. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah, you bet. And yeah, so it's absolutely. A, yeah. I, I find it's, you got to stay organized or else you kind of let it get away from you. And, and there's things that creep up. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. Like things that are just unexpected. Uh, you know, you have 150 or 200 acres of land out there. Yeah. Um, that, you know, the golfers come quick, you know, exactly. even though we're, right in the middle of winter, they come quick and yeah. it doesn't seem like you ever have enough time. Right. Uh, for sure. So, That's right. um, just want to talk about one more thing in general. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think a lot of people, 
um, don't really understand the the differences as it relates to. I mean, they under they aesthetically see you know what a really highly maintained golf course looks like, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to one that's maybe not. Mm-hmm. But um, in the industry, we know that the cost of maintaining a golf course can fluctuate massively, like drastically. For sure. What are some of those elements that really fluctuate the cost of a maintenance turf care department? Okay, so it's a. Uh a lot of that can start with, we'll, we'll get the obvious out of the way, is labor. Right. So you can have a lot of labor out there. Uh, the, some courses I know have up to 60 employees for 18 holes. And a lot of that is can be just handwork, right? That's like right. Little, literally handwork where they're doing trimming around benches and yeah. cart paths and, sure. you know, all these... scissors in their hands. They have... Absolutely. Down to the, down to the mini thing like right. that, right? But it's, it's the little things that make a difference to you and me even in yeah. everyday life. Right. And right. so it's like, it's, you see something in it, if that goes a long way with, if that resonates with one person, I think that's good. Sure. And that makes it, makes it worth it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, labor's one thing. Um, and then the type of labor that you have. So you want to, you want to really have good managers. Right. And so it's like when you're managing a herd of people like that, yeah, it's, it's easy for someone to not do their job. Right. And so investing. And not in, notice that they're not doing that's their right. job. Exactly. So you want to invest in people that you can trust. It's, I can't see everything. I can't, even though we have 20 some people, right. I can't, I can't meet them all every day. I can't talk to them and it's, but I want to make sure my managers that are compensated well, do their job and I can trust them to do it. And so that's just the labor portion. Right. Um, uh, for fertilizer inputs, a lot of courses are fertilizing every week. Right. Every single week. Wide range of expense for oh, yeah. fertilizer. And that's wall to wall. So it's like right. they're fertilizing from your tees down to the fence line in the rough. Now, is that actually best for the health of the plant to be fertilizing as much as some places it's, do? It can be. It's They're not like flooding it with nutrients. Okay. They're giving it just enough. Right. And so it's, it's all microdosing. So you're trying to... Just feed it a little bit at a time. That way it can eat everything. If, whereas if you give it too much at once, it's going to grow exponentially. And then right. now you got problems of overgrowth. And yeah. Got to cut more. There's and, more labor. Yeah. Right. You got your mowers going twice as much. And okay. uh, so that's what we, that's we're for tr- really trying to regulate that. And whereas I try and focus our nutrients just in where we need it. Right. And when we need it. And it's, but then that's all part of the plan. It's, yeah. We know when it needs it. Um, Another idea is the, uh, so they're always, they're upgrading irrigation. There's right. lots of pump irrigations. There's lots of placements of heads. There's more heads going in. Size of the irrigation. Size of the system. Yeah. Where their water's coming from. I think down in the state, some of the top courses spend a million dollars a year for water alone. Right. So that's your first expense. Right. Now you can start the golf course. Whereas it, there's other opportunities for yeah, us. Yeah, without irrigation, you, you don't have a golf course. That's right. Right. <laughs> you can. It's just, it's not going to be so nice. No. <laughs> it's going to be quick. Yeah. <laughs> Cody, this has been a pleasure. Yeah, Hope no you problem. enjoyed it. Um, we're going to we're gonna be doing more podcasts uh, with some of our superintendents, probably yourself included. Yeah, yeah. There's so many different unique components oh, of turf care that absolutely. I think people would really be interested to find out. I even feel like I can't tell you enough sometimes. My, my, my thoughts go one direction and it's like, oh wait, I was supposed to talk about this. But it's like... All good. There's yeah. so much that just kind of We, we can sit here all day and have this conversation. Exactly. Right? Yeah. One thought leads to another. Yeah, absolutely. So... Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast, uh, really have it a lot of fun. And I always learn in these situations too. Cody, thanks again. No if you're not subscribed to the podcast, please do so. We'll see you next time on the Swing Hard Podcast.